Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to the News for Jags podcast. I'm Jamal St. Cyr alongside Justin Barney. Justin, the Jaguar season officially over. So we're going to quickly turn the page to off-season mode. Man, it just feels like a, a, the, the breath out of the city, the exhale. You were expecting it. Again, it's a, a two-sided coin because you didn't expect to be here, but then you didn't, you're disappointed that it ended right here. You got that in the locker room the other night after the loss. You heard that a little bit today, but what a great season overall. It you has been a, a I, phenomenal, phenomenal season, season, exceeded expectations. I mean, I've hung or been in the locker room for these teams when they've won one game, when they've won three games, going through, you know, coaching turmoil. And the most upset locker room I've been in was by far that one in Kansas City. I mean, you're talking grown men crying because of the loss, and they knew they had an opportunity in that game. Uh, phenomenal year. Doug Peterson should be the NFL coach of the year. Been saying it for weeks. Still stand by that. But uh, there's no way around it. We're, we're, you're on to the next, and it's time to continue to build forward. Doug Peterson said in his press conference today, this team's window is open right now, and they have to make the right moves to keep it open. Yeah, it's, it's again, I, I go back to the 96 rhetoric because I know we've talked about the, the similarities between nine wins, getting hot at the right time, but I liken it to another thing of the 96. 96 started off this era of Jaguars football, which remains unmatched in franchise history, and it was a late-season playoff run. It was an unexpected finish to a season that ended in the AFC Championship game. No one saw that coming. Jaguars were a second-year franchise at that point, and I, I look at this year's team, and very much like that 96, which led to 97 playoffs, 98 playoffs, 99, 14-2 regular season, AFC Championship game appearance, the talents, everything was out in front of them. The future was out in front of the Jaguars at that point in the franchise. And I say it right now with the, uh, the same ferocity as back then. I think the future is now for this franchise. And the future at this point, when you're talking 96, which the, the window was open back then, mm -hmm. young team, Tony Baselli was in his second year, Mark Brunel was in his second year starter. I think the window now for the Jaguars, and Doug Peterson said it today, the window is wide open for very similar success because you've got the second youngest team in the NFL playoffs, I mean, the age of the average age of the team was under 26 years old. Trevor Lawrence is going into the third year of his rookie contract. You've got the coach in place. You've got the offensive line in place. You've got so many good young players in place, very reminiscent of 96. And you've got a wide open slate in front of you. You're not in salary cap purgatory. Nope. You're, you're well. in a good, yeah, a little bit, but, but not like they were back then. So you have so much wide open space and a promising blank canvas in front of you. And I, I say going into this offseason, the Jaguars are situated the best they've ever been in their franchise history for something just a remarkable renaissance of Jacksonville, that second golden era of Jaguars football, I think we're about to experience in 2023 and beyond. Yeah, th this team is young, and they have a, a core group of players that should be ascending. If the players that they have continue to take even small step forwards or maintain, then the Jaguars have the core nucleus that they need. But they do need some shrewd offseason moves and a couple of good draft picks along the way to help kind of continue push them in the right direction because there are going to be – 
some salary cap casualties. Um, the Jaguars have a number of free agents. Let's talk. Uh, let's go through the list here real quick. Uh, Marvin Jones, free agent. Dewan Smoot, Arden Key, Chris Manhurts, Evan Ingram, Dan Arnold, C.J. Beathard, Andrew Wingard, Jawan Taylor, Trey Herndon, Corey Peters, Adam Gostas, Jamichael Hasty, Blake Hance, Riley Patterson, and Brandon Murphy. Now, a couple of those are more important than right. others. The the important ones are uh, the most important one, I think, in, in everyone's opinion, is that that tight end position because the only one under contract at the position currently is Luke Farrell. Right. Uh, so Evan Ingram is by far the most important free agent on the list. Evan has said time and time again that he wants to stay here in Jacksonville. And as he was cleaning out his locker room, his locker today, he said, you know, he knows it's a business, but he would really like to stay with the Jaguars in the future. Like I've said before, uh, it's definitely a place where I want to be um, and where I want to continue my career. And, uh, you know, be a part of what's being built here for sure. Uh, you know, it's always good to hear from a Jaguars player saying they want to come back. I also asked Evan Ingram if he'd be willing to play on the franchise tag, and he said, you know, that's part of the business. He hasn't had that conversation yet, but they, that he'd have to think on it because he knows that conversation will be coming along the okay. way. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, shift it around a little bit. Evan Ingram, to me, is priority 1B. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Jawan Taylor as Ooh. the priority okay. for me to come back. He he's going to get a massive contract. He's yes. played his way into that. Sure. Um, Evan Ingram again, great season. I think I think to me Jawan Taylor 1A, Evan Ingram 1B, and that's not a slight to Evan Ingram. I loved Evan Ingram this year. He has been phenomenal in this offense. They have needed a tight end like that. Had needed a year like that. I mean, it's the most franchise receiving yards by sure. tight end Jaguars history. I mean, a great season. I'd like to see him get in the, the end zone a little bit more next year. Uh, but I think Jawan Taylor, what he's done, coming in from a second-round pick for the Jags, helps solidify that right tackle spot yeah. to me. And I think Jawan Taylor, with what he's done this year, I don't know if he's going to get a right tackle contract that's going to reset the market. I don't think he's at the top of that list. That would be Ryan Ramzik of uh, your Saints. Uh, oh, well, he's already got his big deal. So he's got he's his big deal. Paid. That $19 million is the top of the market for that right tackle mm -hmm. market in, in 2023. So I don't know if Juwan Taylor gets that, so. that Ramsick money. But I think Juwan Taylor, again, I, I don't know if you mess with the stability of that offensive line. I know offensively, from a pass-catching perspective, you've got Calvin Ridley coming in next year. Sure. Um, you may add a tight end to the draft, a Michael Mayer, if you can't get something worked out with, with an Evan Ingram. So, to me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say my priority, number one, is Juwan Taylor. Priority two is Evan Ingram. I, I know it's maybe an unpopular opinion, but Evan Ingram had such a good year. But it's I, not I'm that gonna, it's an I'm gonna unpopular say Juwan. opinion, because I, I, I'm, I'm going to – conflict with you here a little bit because it's not that it's an unpopular opinion Jawan Taylor very good player and it's t you never want to lose uh, what he's 25 yeah uh, who started this amount of games is getting into the peak of his career you don't like to lose those type of players but here's where the butt comes in because as you mentioned earlier when you were saying oh they're not in salary cap purgatory the Jaguars are in the red right now right. for next season they're not in the green so they are going to have to let some players go, uh, specifically maybe a guy like Shaquille Griffin who right. clears up a bunch of salary cap space and do some other things with contracts in order to make space in the budget. You can't keep everybody. So in order to do that, you have to make some hard decisions. To me, one of those hard decisions is very likely letting Jawan Taylor walk. And let me tell you why. He is going to get paid. He is. He may not reset the market, 
but he's going to be paid like a top right tackle right. in the NFL because of the number of starts he has in his career, because of his age, mm -hmm. and because it looks like he's starting to play his best football now. He is going to be paid and paid well. And Supposedly, teams were ready to pay Cam Robinson if he hit right. the market extremely well. Jawan Taylor is going to get a deal from somebody. Can the Jaguars afford to give him that is the tough question that we have to ask ourselves and that Trent Bulky and Doug Peterson will have to make. Now, when asked about it today, Doug Peterson said, well, do you like Trevor Lawrence? And if you like him, we want to keep him upright, right? And that's great. But we've also seen what Walker Little has right. been able to do this year. And that makes sense. And that, and that has him for an argument because Evan Ingram, if we're looking at a Ramsey kind of deal for Jawan Taylor in that maybe 16 to 19 million dollar range with you know the salary cap obviously gonna gonna go up um, I, I don't know if Jawan Taylor's worth 19 million dollars as a right tackle with what Walker Little has done I, but again Evan's gonna be under that you know I, Evan Evan bet on himself with a one-year nine million dollar contract he's gonna get into that 13, 14, 15 million dollar a year salary, mm -hmm. Evan Ingram, uh, to, to bring him back under a longer term deal. Now, if, if I'm saying Juwan Taylor at 19 million, Evan Ingram at 13 million, I'm going to probably pick Evan Ingram. Well, because you've got the Walker little insurance blanket. Keep in mind, Evan Ingram, worst case scenario, you franchise tag him, and depending on where the salary cap hits, a tight end franchise tag is probably going to be around the 12, 13 right. million dollar mark. So they can keep Evan for a reasonable number. Uh, or try and work out a long-term deal with him to kind of spread out that cap hit. Jawan Taylor, I do think he's worth the money. Don't get me wrong. I think he is 100% worth the deal that he's going to get. I don't know if the Jaguars have the salary cap space slash flexibility to give him that because there are needs along the defense that right. they have to address. And if you hand out that sort of large deal to Jawan Taylor, where do you cut from? to create that space. And that's the question that's that's floating out there. I think Jawan's a, fanta a fantastic player. He's basically playing at home. He right. went to school like 90 minutes from here, right. grew up there. So it would be great for Jawan to stay on this roster. I just think that with the salary cap situation they're in, one of those hard decisions you have to look at is, well, Walker Little looks really good out on the yep. field. Can he play that right side and we not lose much? I'm not sure if he can play on the right side or not and, and, and maintain the level of play that he's played at on the left side, but I can almost guarantee you that he ain't going to be happy when you, if, you, if they roll up to him and be like, hey, Walker, we want to play at left guard. Right. Like, that, that probably won't go over as well. To so, me, I, I think we're in a Juwan Taylor conversation like we were with Dewan Smoots in about you know, midway point of the season. Dewan Smoot, again, great season for Dewan Smoot. Reliable, was on a, a career trajectory this season. Unfortunate Achilles tear, but Dewan is a guy I really wanted to come back because that that depth, and I think now he will. Yes. But I think before we were talking earlier in the season yeah, about Dewan Smoot, the, the trajectory because Dewan Smoot before that injury was a guy that was going to get paid extremely well on the market in Jacksonville, just didn't be in the salary cap right. spot was not going to have that chance. I do think Dewan Smoot could come back now with his with his situation, but I think we're in a in a Jawan Taylor thing. To me, if I had to pick Jawan. Juwan or Evan one two I would pick Juwan first Evan second but again the salary cap situation if you're at uh, he's not a 20 million dollar a year right tackle to me at this point um, and I do think Evan would be more affordable at this point than Juwan Taylor I'd love to see him come, both come back in a perfect world but if I could only pick one I would say Juwan Taylor then you still have to figure out how to replace Evan Ingram's impact right. where, where do you go there because I mean Dan Arnold Chris Manhurts both free agents as well you got Luke Farrell under contract that's it or do you try and replace, get a rookie in here to, to, to replace that? Only problem with that is 
tight ends, I mean, historically, first-round tight ends, even second-round tight ends don't transition quickly into the league. I mean, D uh, Doug was in Philadelphia with Dallas Goddard. It took him a right. couple of years to turn into the player that he is now. Um, and, I mean, we're still waiting on the light to come on for Kyle Pitts, really, right. in the NFL. And people thought he was fantastic. We saw where he was drafted, how highly yep. the Falcons picked him. So that's the other question is do you want the – to risk the offense taking a step back from that standpoint right. that makes of, total, of mouths to feed. A total, a total agreement on that. I do think that Evan Ingram, again, Evan and Juwan, I mean, they're plug-and-play guys. You know what you're getting out of these guys. And Juwan, the, the growth he made, Evan, the growth he made. Um, that, to me, that's the two biggest contract questions on this roster right now. I'll give you Juwan another Taylor one. And Evan Ingram. I, I don't know if they're going to be able to afford Arden Key. Yeah, he's another one. I, I'm, I'm, I really don't know if they're going to be. Arden Key has performed phenomenally down the stretch for this team. He says he wants to stay here in Jacksonville. Um, but the question mark around Arden going into the year was, was last year a fluke because mm -hmm. that was kind of his first real sack numbers. Well, now he's repeated it two right. years in a row and been a phenomenal contributor. And the pass rusher market in free agency is a barren landscape. Mm -hmm. Arden's still under 30. He's now had two years of production. I could see where another team slides in and says, "We'll give yeah, you a we'll give you a bigger deal than they can offer you." You heard it firsthand multiple times after the Saturday game, and again in the closeout locker room. Mm -hmm. This is a business. Unfortunately, you know, Evan wants to stay here, Arden wants to stay here, you know, Jawan wants to stay here, but everybody can't. They always preface that with the business side there's, of things. So business. there will be a squeeze, and yes. I think you heard uh, Trevor Lawrence even talk in the locker room that nothing's going to be the same as it was. Right. Evan Ingram, uh, nothing's going to be the same as it was last Saturday night in that locker room. There were going to be guys that were going to be purged, you know, traded, dealt, walk away free agency. That's the business side of things. And again, I think if you could if you could bring back, you know, two of those three guys, I think that would be a home run. All right. It's not going to happen. No, no, it's tough. All right, so we've got the list in front of us. Um, and we went through the whole list to start this. If you could, since this is Channel 4, give me your one through four in order of guys that you would bring back. In, in, so number one for you is Jawan Taylor. Jawan Taylor. Two is Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram. Three. Arden Key. Absolutely. Who's your four? And I think I, it toss up to me between Sean and Roy Robertson-Harris because I think those guys could be in Well, a, no, no, both of them are under contract still. So. There are salary cap issues, though, with those guys. There, there could be salary squeeze. Those guys were you're talking maybe one of those guys gets restructured, released, whatever it is. Um, but, I, hey, a fourth guy who's not under contract, well, give me Dewey Wingard. The guy's been the, guy has, been, the, the right. guy has been phenomenal <laughs> this year. Even, I mean, going back to training camp, some of the hits he's had, and I know he, he had the, the clutch saying it's always the Jag, it was always the Jags. But to me, his, his ability to, to get in there, uh, meaningful snaps on special teams, big plays in the secondary coming in and, and playing time, I like Dewey. I mean, he's been kind of that – that core guy for the Jaguars for several years where he's just been able to kind of plug in and play again not a starter but he could start um, I like Dewey as, as a guy that you got to bring back just for the the morale perspective um, a, a guy who just gives valuable backup reps um, give me Dewey's number four for me all right I like it I think we both uh, made it very clear that we've basically written off Marvin Jones as, as walking yeah, but too, I, expensive. I, yeah. too expensive and, and he's getting long in the tooth and Calvin Ridley Calvin Ridley's coming in. Again, too many mouths and feet. So my one's Evan Ingram, by far. My two is Arden Key, uh, because I just I don't think the Jaguars can afford to take a step back in pass rush. Okay. Um, I always think pass rush is a need, and losing an Arden Key, losing a Dewan Smoot are, are are huge impacts to that. 
Um, my third one's Trey Herndon. Um, I'm not a huge Trey Herndon fan as a starter, but I think the, what he brings to the team from a veteran mm -hmm. special teams depth perspective isn't bad, and I don't want to lose a player that I don't think will cost much until you have a replacement right. house. Like, you could 100% tell, like, I could sit here right now and tell you, oh, Trey loses his job and gets cut in training camp, and I have no problem with that because that means someone has won the nickel spot or yep. they brought in a rookie or whatever it is, but until they get to that point, Trey needs to stay around because I don't think he will be a very, very costly. And last guy for me is Riley Patterson. I think Riley's been on fire down the stretch, um, and he needs to stay here in Jacksonville and continue to build on that. Of course, I want to see Dewan Smoot resign. I just don't think they're in a spot where they can afford to pay Jawan Taylor. I think he's a phenomenal player. I think he has Pro Bowl potential. Uh, I think he's going to get a huge contract and deserves every dollar of it because he has played his way into it I'm just not sure unless they start handing out contract restructures to left and right I mean you've got to restructure Agnew and stretch him out you got to restructure Rayshon Jenkins you got to restructure Roy Robertson Harris maybe restructure Josh Allen I mean if, if you start restructuring and stretching deals to make the space then great and bring back Juwan but I think that's a big if I think that's what's going to happen with uh, a lot of the restructuring we've seen it before I do think they're going to they're in the salary again they're not salary cap hell when I think back to 99 no, 2000 no, no, no. but they are in a in a spot where they're going to – we saw those contracts last year in free agency. It's not going to be like that, Jaguars fans. It is no, going to be – They're, they're going to be going picking to from be, the bottom. You'll right. get the Arden Key signings, right. the Evan Ingram signs. And here's the one other thing I kind of want to preface this with. Trevor's going into year three next year. Right. You know who else – who's in year three this year? Joe Burrow, right? Right. The, the Cincinnati Bengals are prepared after this offseason to start talking to him about right. an extension. You think Trevor's agent ain't looking at that saying, mm-hmm, Trevor just got to go out there right. and get to the playoffs another year? They're going to be asking for some money. Right. And if they're asking for money next offseason, you cannot have your salary cap out of whack. Right. So, so Trevor, that's his, that's his first available time. You know, people were asked, have asked, why don't you sign Trevor? You can't you yet. You can't yet. You so can't yet. 2023, so after Trevor's third season in the league, then right. you can start having those talks. And the, and the, the market is, is trending toward right. that. I mean, Kyler Murray got his big extension. If the Bengals give Joe Burrow a big extension. Trevor's folks are going to come to the Jaguars and be like, pony up. And they should. And they should. I'm not saying they shouldn't. They should. And keep in mind, like next offseason, yes, you can get out of like Cam Robinson's contract and save some money, but they're not there yet. And you're also not in a place like, are we sure that you want to move? What do you do with Walker Little for another season? Right. Because what? That'll be year three for Walker Little. You'd only have one more year with him, so then you're getting ready to have to pay him. So there, there are, are a bunch of lingering questions as you continue to say next year, next year, next year. So that offensive line is a work in progress. I do think it needs to be improved this offseason and add some depth along the way. But I think Walker Little has shown that he can be a starting level tackle in the NFL, which... Again, I think when we start talking draft later, the Jaguars aren't in the position of some teams where they can truly say draft the best player available. They're in a position where they can draft the best player available at a position of need mm -hmm. because there are needs. The defense has to improve. Going into the offseason, pass rush has to be a priority. Tight end has to be a priority because there's nobody at tight end right now. The pass rush just was not good enough, right. flat out. Um, you need an interior lineman because the interior pass rush definitely was not good yeah, enough. Not good. You need a nickel cornerback because Trey Herndon, again, solid, but wasn't getting the job done. Right. 
you have to hedge your bet with Calvin Ridley because Calvin Ridley's technically on a one-year deal, so if you can't work out a deal with him in a year, he could walk, mm -hmm. and then you have to find a way to, again, replace him, so you have to do something there. You need another running back to give, get with Travis Etienne, whether that's Jamichael Hasty, who's a free agent, or someone else, you need something there. So there are, I mean, C.J. Beathard's a free agent. Do you want to keep him on as the backup quarterback? It's another decision that has to be made. And again, the Jaguars got really lucky this year because they had a few injuries on the offensive line, but the depth is terrible yeah. there. If they lost one more guard, we were like when, uh, I think it was uh, Brandon Sheriff left the game with an injury at one point, and he's not fully healthy, but we were like, who is this guy that's going in to replace him? Yeah, it, who's it's, Blake, Blake Hans hadn't even been on the roster most of the season. I was like, who is this dude? When did he get here? It's like, so seriously, it's, the, it's the such a, a problem. It's such a different off season, though. Yes. Remember, yes, I mean, the stability. last the last two off seasons, it felt like teardown. It felt like complete rebuild. Correct. Who's doing what? You don't know who your coach is, but it, it it feels. I mean, the stability here right now is absolutely something. Jacksonville fans aren't used to dealing with right. the franchise isn't used to dealing with and that's a great thing I mean you, you're if you're Doug Peterson you're bringing back probably 90% of your staff if you don't have guys poached from other staffs right. and, and given uh, given new jobs and stuff so I think the stability's in place and it's just a different kind of offseason I mean it's, yes. it's why you don't see those the, those great teams like the Packers or the Cowboys in these you know, massive free agency deals every year. They're kind of spot filling here and there because they've drafted well. You've got that infrastructure in place. And it feels like the Jacksonville Jaguars, for the first time in a long time, they have actually the have something right. in place where it's not, you've got to go out and throw $260 million at players and free agency to get right. you to come here. So it is going to be a, a significantly different offseason in Jacksonville for the first time to me in quite some time. I, it's I look time back to get used at, to it. Yeah, it's, it, it, I don't. I look back at 2017 where the, the the bad decision was made to extend Blake Bortles after his you know going into his fifth year and it was a it was a decision that haunted the franchise for a couple years to follow because they threw too much money at Blake Bortles after a very iffy stretch run yep. they he he was not the reason the Jaguars went to the AFC championship game last year there was infighting there was uh, the, the locker room strife they dealt Dante Fowler the next year, underperforming first rounder. In 2019, you dealt Jalen Ramsey. So there was all these spinning pieces and stuff of a team that wasn't prepared for that success. Sure. There was so much, it's just struggles. So as opposed to this Jacksonville team where you've got a head coach in place, you've got a general manager in place who've, who's kind of kind of made it through that fire when everybody wanted him. Trent Baalke deserves props. I know we've given it to him here before, but You've got such a different makeup in Jacksonville. The front office, the coaching staff, the players in place. It just feels so much different. Like this is an actually a franchise, not just players, the product on the field, but it feels like a franchise ownership. Everything is just on the ascent. They yeah. finally figured it out. And I don't think this is going to be a repeat of 2017 where you had so much success, unexpected success. And then the following year, it just kind of the bottom fell out because you didn't know how to sustain it. I do think that Doug Peterson, Trent Baalke really know, know how to kind of keep this train rolling. And it certainly helps that Trevor Lawrence is going into year three of his rookie deal. It, it does help. But again, that rookie deal's going to be over at some point yep. and keep in mind that some of the other guys from his draft class are playing a, playing pretty big right. roles and they're going to be wanting contracts too so there there are things that are, are right around the corner for this team but 
overall the ascent is, is the, the team's headed in the right direction. This year is about growth of your own players, right. or this offseason is about the growth of your own players. And Doug Peterson able to send these guys home with some homework of sorts. You know, hey, Trevor, go study some of these great quarterbacks. Look at what we did this year. When you come back, let's be prepared to build right. on it. Hey, Tyson, go watch Jalen Ramsey. Right. Hey, uh, Travis Etienne, go watch Alvin Kamara and, and study their games this offseason. And then when you come back to work, let's see how we can implement some of those things that you right. work on. It's the strength of the last couple drafts. Correct. Um, I do think this year's draft class was a little bit underwhelming uh, in the grand scheme of things. I think year two for those you guys. You on them already? Uh, no, 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 no. You no, on them already? Not already, but it, it wasn't. When you look at the Trevor, the the – just the guys from 2021 and the step that they made. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing that kind of same step from from the 2022 guys. Sure. So it, it's something that Jacksonville has not historically done well is draft and cultivate and see those guys flourish in your organization. It's been draft eh, not so well and see those guys maybe flourish elsewhere outside of Jacksonville. But it feels like these two draft classes, they've hit on them for the most part. And if you can kind of keep those going, that's the recipe for a stable franchise. That's a, the recipe for a franchise that is able to kind of overcome salary cap mm -hmm. issues where you draft and groom those players and they play important roles in your franchise, hitting on some of those late round draft picks and seeing those guys do well with your roster, your organization. I think Jacksonville is in the early stages of seeing some of that payoff. Right. And it's exciting. And we'll have to, we'll do another episode and we'll kind of go through last year's draft and maybe even do a redraft. Uh, because I think the debate is on if the Jaguars selected the right player at number one overall. Uh, again, Trayvon Walker, kind of a moldable piece of clay. And we'll see what happens next year as far as his growth. Devin Lloyd, same kind of deal. But I think we'll, ha we'll do another episode where we kind of right. dive in a year later and look at some of those players and say, okay, well, if you didn't take this one, who would you have taken? What would have been the better outcome and what our expectations are for, for that rookie class moving forward? Uh, but for now, we'll kind of sign off. We've run out of time here. So uh, thanks for tuning in to this News for Jacks podcast. We'll see you next time.